7.05 Wednesday evening. We are back at it and ready to rock. Anytime you want to get a hold of Lior, I'll give you the phone number for the radio station in just a moment. His number, should know this by now, 416-216-5900. We'll get some emails hopefully throughout the evening and your phone calls, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. But uh, before we get too deeply into it, we always start with the week that was. How are you, pal? Hey, Johnny. Thank you very much. And, you know, we're here live, and there's only one reason why we're here live, and that is we want your calls. So Mm -hmm. if you're hearing us right now, call us. Let's talk about your workplace situation, the questions you may have always had. If you wanted to know if your employer can do something to you or or maybe you just lost your job, you want to talk about what you're owed, if the termination was proper, hey, I'm an employment lawyer. I'm here to talk to you and, and, and answer some questions. And uh, this is the employment hour. So to get us started and warmed up, kind of, uh, let's uh, let me talk about two situations that I saw in this uh, previous week, and uh, uh, hopefully there's some important lessons there for everyone listening right now. The first situation uh, involved a gentleman that had worked for a company for many years, about 26, 27 years, mm-hmm. never had a problem, always been a good employee, kind of you know your, your classic company man, if you will. Now, uh, about uh, six months ago. A new owner uh, came into the company. It's a very small company. And what the, what the owner uh, did, the new owner, is he let go most people. Why? He wanted to replace them with other people that, that he, uh, he knew. So he let go most people and replaced them. He didn't replace this gentleman, the one that worked for 26 years. And the reason probably he didn't do that is because he figured it's going to cost too much money to let him go and pay him severance. After 26 years, he may owe him two years' pay. So instead of doing that, he became uh, he, he began uh, 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 harassing the guy. A really, a uh, campaign of harassment, really, really bad, actually, and then you know, childish to the point of you know, setting up meetings, not telling him about the meeting, and then giving him uh, a crap for not attending the meeting, giving him completely unreasonable assignments, uh, putting down, putting him down in front of others, doing everything possible to make this person quit so that he can quit. And then the company wouldn't have to pay severance. Well, it got to the point that it was so bad that this person ended up having to go on a disability leave. Uh, he, he was suffering from extreme uh, depression and anxiety. He mm-hmm. couldn't sleep. He couldn't eat. He lost a lot of weight. His doctor eventually told him to go off work. And that's when he called me. And I said, you don't have to put up with this. You don't have to continue working in that environment. If they want you out of there so badly, let's get you out of there. Except we're going to get you out of there with compensation, with severance, because you, you shouldn't have to, uh, to treat, uh, be treated this way. Whenever you've been harassed and mistreated that way, that's a constructive dismissal. So I'm now working with him. I'm going to get him his full severance, right around two years' pay. And it's just a very bad way to treat a long-service employee. And remember, harassment could result in a constructive dismissal. An employer cannot harass you, should not harass you. And in this case, we're, we're able to actually to prove what the employer did uh, and and that's a constructive dismissal. You mentioned proving it. Now, anybody listening and they're thinking, God, I'm going through the same thing at work. Now is a good time for them to start making record of this, right? Written down, keeping records of all of it, yeah? Yeah, if you're going to pursue a, a harassment situation, then you always need to be able to establish what actually has happened, right, John? Because an employer is not usually going to uh, admit, yes, oh, okay, I did harass them, I did do something wrong. So you have to prove it. So if there's no emails or other records, you have to keep a log, some sort of a record of it, uh, and, and log it contemporaneously. And then if you have that log, then you can pursue it. That can be very, very helpful for you, and you can get uh, you, you can prove it and move on. What, uh, what else you got the second, for us? Uh, second matter, John, uh, I'll tell you, is uh, very different. Uh, another another long-service employee, this gentleman was 
worked even longer, worked for 35, close to 40 years. He wow. was in his late 60s, 68 or 69 years old. And when he was let go, uh, and, and, you know, it was legitimate. The company let go of a few people. They only paid him four months' pay. Again, this is a 38-year uh, employee. And he went to them and said, why so low? They said, well, you're 69 years old. Clearly, you're going to be retiring right now. So this is really more of a retirement gift. It's not like you're going to be looking for other work. Uh, And so he called me and he said, can they do that? So my first question is, well, do you want to continue working? He said, absolutely. And I'm going to look. Realistically, I'm not going to find another job. No one's going to hire me. You know, he was making $85,000. No one's going to hire me at $85,000 at the age of 69. But I want to look for work. So guess what? Because of that, because he still wants to continue working, even though he's 69 years old, good for him, they own his full severance. He's not retiring. He doesn't want to be off work. So they're going to have to pay him full severance, over two years pay for this gentleman, potentially 26, 28 months even because of his, his age. So they can't decide for him that he doesn't want to work. They can't decide for him that he's retired. Uh, so just because he's old doesn't mean he doesn't get severance. Very important for our listeners to know that. 416-870-6400-640 on cell opening call. David, uh, good evening. Welcome to the show. How are you? Well, I'm well, thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Good. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. I Yeah, I sure do. I work for a large corporation. I have a defined benefit pension, and my, I'm going to be eligible for that pension in about two years. And it looks like our com- the, um, my company is about to be bought out by another company. Yes. So I've been, I'm 57 years old. I've been working for 31 years for the same company. How does that affect my pension? So if the other company buys the company I'm working for now, how does that affect my pension? Do I get severed for two years? And then, like, how does that work? Well, it, the fact that the company is being bought, up, uh, bought out sorry, does not mean you're getting severed. Certainly not necessarily. They may well continue employing you. Uh, and you continue working. Now, the question becomes, if they continue employing you, what happens to the pension? Do they have a pension plan? Uh, what happens? Is it the same on the same terms? So so that's something. those are questions that have to be asked. But the fact that the big company is being bought out does not mean that you're, you're not uh, going to continue working. But the reality is this, David. If you, you're not going to continue working, they're not going to take you on, you're probably owed two years severance just because of the fact that you've been there for so long and, and you're in your 60s, as you said. And that two-year severance should bridge you until that, that date in your, uh, in, in your pension plan. So either way, I don't see a situation where you can lose your pension entitlements here. My biggest concern would be for you to continue working, accepting a job with the company where, where the pension entitlements are different. So you need to understand what pension plan that company has, how that plays uh, with the pension you currently have. Uh, you actually may be better off not continuing to work and get your full severance right now and be bridged uh, until that retirement date. If my, if my job becomes redundant, if they say there is no job for you, yes. then we're, with the new company, we don't have a job for you, where does that put me? I get two-year severance from... What, from my original from, from, the, from the original company, including they have to continue your participation in the plan for that period of time and continue the contributions. So it's as if you're still employed. So in oh, a way, okay. it's the best of, of both worlds. You're not actually working, but for the purpose right. of the plan, you're still uh, um, a part of the plan and you're still getting paid. So that's why I said that's probably the best case scenario. Okay. Thanks, Leo. There you go. Thanks, David. We'll take a, a quick break. Everyone else, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We'd love to hear from you. Just getting started here on the Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM 640.
717 on your Wednesday evening. A busy night out there indeed. Lots of phone calls, lots of questions for Lior. So we'll get to them uh, right away. Naveed, uh, welcome to the show. You have a question for Lior? Go ahead. Uh, Lior, uh question is, um, I, was, uh, I left my company uh, that I'm going to go two years ago. I hired a lawyer. Uh, lawyer wasn't good enough. Uh, they gave me 34 weeks pay. Okay. Um, sorry, 17 weeks. Uh, I worked there for about 17 to 18 years. Uh, wow. I did sign the okay. release, uh, the recommendation of that lawyer. Do I still have any recourse? No, unfortunately, Naveed, if you've signed the release, there's, there's nothing that you can do about it. Uh, you know, it, The release is what gives up your rights. It, it ends your entitlements. You ended up getting only 17 weeks pay? You signed a release for 17 weeks pay? Um, you know what? Uh, it was either 17 or 34 weeks. I don't. I can't. Yeah, I, either way, it wouldn't be a good good result, Navid. But unfortunately, you, no. And and it's an important lesson there for our listeners. I wish I could help you, Navid. Uh, but you cannot sign off on a release. You cannot sign off on a severance package uh, if the if the offer is not good. Because unfortunately, as in your situation, at that point, you can't do anything about it. So no, unfortunately, we can't help you. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Jeff, good evening. How are you? Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, we can. We got you. What's going on, Jeff? Oh, I'm actually speaking on behalf of my wife because okay. she's she's a little bit nervous about stuff like this. So this is the situation. We're calling from Barry. Uh, she's worked for the Barry Advance, which is a newspaper company, for about over 17 years. She's been a driver, a contract driver. She uh, inserts and delivers newspapers to all over northern, like you know, around the barrier, like uh, almost as far as Horseshoe Valley. Now. We had a house fire <clears throat> uh, approximately three and a half to a month ago. Uh, our stuff wasn't damaged. Why is we can't get there? We, we can't. So we've been living out of our vehicle for a month. And they fired her because she was not able to do her job to their specifications because they expect her to do 25,000 papers in the back of a van. They fired her on the spot with no save, no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it after 17 years. And she's supposed to sign contracts on paper once every three years, and she's supposed to be, uh, have a certain pay. But then what happened was is the manager of the warehouse died about, I'd say, about a year ago. And when the new management took over, they changed everything. And they changed their pay. They said the contract was void. And, they, and then they fired, and they said, well, you breached the contract. But then they, she said, well, you said the contract was void. So how could I have breached the contract? Yeah. So Listen, Jeff, l- 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 let, me, let me stop you there because there's a lot, obviously, here and a lot of stuff we need to talk about. But let's just start with the termination. Mm-hmm. Obviously, after uh, 17 years, however long it's been, of course she's going to be owed severance unless she did something awful. I mean awful to, you know, almost – the, to the level of stealing, she's going to be out severance and, and potentially is well over a year's pay, potentially as much as eighteen months' pay. Uh, so that's definitely the case, and, and there's no way they can avoid that. Now, the, can we deal with the the, the change and the, the changes in compensation? Maybe, maybe not. But we can certainly deal with severance. She should call me as soon as possible. Especially now, you're in a difficult situation. I'm sure money is very, very tight. You mm-hmm. have to give me a call. You have to have her give me a call as soon as possible. I'm in the office all day tomorrow, uh, and let me help her. We're talking potentially about a year's and a, a year and a half's pay here that she's owed, Jeff. That's a lot of money. Uh, let's talk. Jeff, I, uh, I'm going to let you go. We're going to take one more call. In the meantime, that number Lior is talking about, 416-216-5900. Uh, Mark, how are you? Yeah, hi. How are we doing today? Good, pal. What do you got? To, you got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Yeah. 
here's the deal. So there's a handful of us that are long-term employees um, at the workplace. We're very close to retirement. Now, what they've done is that they kind of want to get rid of the older people. You know, they've got younger people who are, who are just faster, more efficient, better. And what they've done is that they've changed our job. They've given us a little bit more money, but they've made our jobs very difficult. Now, some of us have left, but what we found out, what they will allow us to do is that if we want, we can take a leave of absence while our next two or three years come through so we can retire, but we will have to pay for our portion of the pension and the employer's part of the pension. And um, it's, you know, it's, it's expensive, but the question is, um, is that um, a good idea to uh, leave the workplace, take an extended leave of absence, and pay our portion of the pension and the employer's portion of the pension, and then retire like two or three down, two or three years down the road? Well, here's the thing. Uh, what I can tell you is that certainly they can't make you do this. In terms of whether this is a good idea or not, that is up to you. I mean, they can't make you. You have to decide if you think that's, that's something that's appropriate and fair. Mm-hmm. What I can tell you is if they wanted to let you go, uh, yeah, they'd have to pay you severance, and they'd have to pay a lot of severance, potentially as much as two years' pay. So I may consider if, if they're making your life very difficult, etc., you may be in a constructive dismissal position. You may be able to show that they've made it very difficult to continue working, that you're owed severance, uh, and that you don't actually have to continue working there anymore. I, I, I wouldn't take that leave of, op, uh, uh, leave of absence option until you and I have had a chance to speak off air. Uh, but certainly, uh, because guess what? If you're terminated, they have to continue paying your pension entitlements. They have to pay all their employer portions of the contributions for the benefits uh, and give you potentially as much as two years' pay. So, Mark, give me a call off air. Let me find out more about your situation and see if I can help you. Mark, 416-216-5900. And for everyone else hanging on the line, we'll get to you. We'll get to you very shortly. Just wait through the break. And uh, lots more of the Employment Hour coming right up right here. Talk Radio AM 640. Yeah, you just got uh, a little over 30 minutes to get your phone call into us as we uh, get through them here in the Employment Hour. Marion on the line. Good evening, Marion. Thanks for hanging on. What's your question? Um, well, thank you for taking my call to begin with. But... Um, I've got a daughter who just recently walked from a job. Um, The conditions were quite poor. Um, The employer is very rude to his employees. But the other thing was she was training a new person, and she discovered that the new person was getting paid quite a bit more than she was. So naturally she sort of lost her temper a little bit and uh, went to the, the employer and said she would like to have at least as much or more than the person she was training, because she's been working there for two years. Um, And I do recall, Lior, in the past, you saying that under certain circumstances, even if you do leave a job, if you do walk, she she didn't hand notice, she just walked, um, that it it amounted to being fired, even though you had left. Um, She's been offered no severance, no nothing. Does she have any recourse? Thank you, Marion, first of all, for your call, and, and I'm sorry to hear about that situation. So here's how this, the, here's how this works. You absolutely are correct that in many situations, if a person leaves in the eyes of the law, there may still be a termination. That usually happens when the employer creates a situation that makes it very difficult or almost impossible for the employee to continue working, uh, where there's really not much choice that the employee has. Now, yeah. if your daughter is being mistreated, if your daughter is not being, you know, is in a poisoned work environment and she leaves as a result, absolutely, if we can establish that, clearly she, she'd be owed severance because that's as if she was fired. Yeah. Now, if she got upset 
that someone else was making more money than her, and I completely understand why she would, that in itself is not enough. Legally, an employer does not have to pay everyone the same and can oh, decide no, to pay certain that. people yeah. different things. So yeah. that alone, if she was upset at that and as, left as a result, that's not going to be enough. Yeah. If there was no, more going really on... It's not really just that. He's, a, he's a, an extremely rude man. I've seen some of the emails he sends right. his employers, or his employees, I mean. So I would like to see some of those myself. And if we can establish that, you know, the way he treated her really left her no, no real choice, then absolutely she could be yeah. owed compensation. So my best advice, again, Marion, is, is to have her contact me, show me some of those emails, tell me about how he maybe has mistreated her. And yeah. on that basis, yeah, we may be able to look at this as a constructive dismissal and yeah, get her her severance. I hoped because, I mean, basically he said, I didn't like the way you asked for the raise. No, you're not getting one. Okay. Well, let's let's uh, let's find out more. Let me let me talk to her and get some details. Uh, you know, the devil's in the details. Marion, that number four one six two one six fifty nine hundred. Got uh, Evelyn on the line. How are how are you? I'm okay. How are you guys doing? No worries. You got a question for Leor? Go ahead. Um, I do. My son works for a company, and he does what they call put away. So all the um, items that come in get scanned and put away. Now, the guys who take the stuff out of the bins that have been put away, sometimes they log them out and sometimes they don't. So it's causing a problem with inventory. So they had a meeting today and they said, whoever's name is on that scan, if that part goes missing, they're going to take it off your paycheck. Hmm. No, they cannot do that, Evelyn. I didn't think so. But... No, no, they absolutely cannot do that. And, and they, they cannot uh, – listen, if they know – that someone made a mistake. I mean, they, they may be able to work something out with that person. They, by the way, they still can't take that off the paycheck without right. the, the, the person's consent. But right. they can't just simply say, well, because you were there or you may have been involved, then we're going to take uh, take it off your paycheck. Yeah. And my, my, my recommendation for that uh, is uh, if, if this happens, if this is a one-off thing, you know, maybe it's one of those things we, we, we forget about it. But if this is something that happens regularly, that he may does. be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal, the employer taking money off his pay that way, right. and may be able to leave and not only get back the money that the employer improperly uh, took from him, right. but also get uh, severance. An employer right. can't do that, and that could be a constructive dismissal. So again, if it's a one-off, no. If it's a regular thing, I, I would uh, I would certainly do something about it as soon as possible. Yeah. Well, they just had the meeting today, and that's what they said is that it, wh- whoever's name is on that scan that scanned in the product, yes. you're going to be held responsible, even though they're not the ones taking them off the shelf. Right. People that are taking them off the shelf, sometimes they log them, sometimes they don't. Right. right? So they're going back to whoever's name is on the scanner as receiving it in. So what I'd want to know, Evelyn, is how often does that become an issue specifically with respect to your son where he gets docked or his pay gets docked inappropriately? If it does happen often, he needs to give me a call. Evelyn, that number, 416-216-5900. We'll take a quick break. For everyone else you want to call in, we'd love to hear from you. And that number, as you know, 416-870-6400-640 on your cell. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming right up. Questions, problems, queries? About severance or anything under that umbrella, we got uh, the answers here tonight, as we do every Wednesday here on the Employment Hour. Leori's your guy. I got uh, Mark here. Mark, good evening. Thanks for the call. What's your question? Um, so I work in software sales, and basically every sale I make, I make a, a 10% commission on. Um, in the last year, uh, the companies changed their structure where we're actually selling uh, three-year subscriptions now. Um, so what that means is if I make a sale... Um, 
the customer is locked in for three years and every year they pay a certain amount. So now when I make this sale, I get paid for the first year, but for years two and three, I don't get the commission until the customer pays in year two and three. And they've told us that the only way we get that commission is we physically have to be at the company in two years and three years to get that commission. So a lot of the sales guys now are thinking, if we ever decide to quit or move or do anything like that, we're out a lot of commission for those two years. So I'm just wondering, can they do that? And if I decide to quit one day and go to another organization, am I entitled to those commissions for my customers that have agreed to already make those purchases? Good call. Excellent question, Mark. And the answer to that is they can do that. They can only do that is if there's a specific agreement that you signed and accepted uh, that made it very clear that that's what's going to happen. If they you know, simply said something that to you, that's probably not going to be enough. If there's a document, a sale commission plan that you have to sign on that makes it clear that you have to be actively employed on the date the commission is paid in order to get your share, uh, then, uh, then that's going to be the case. So it really comes down to that. Is there a document that you saw that, that uh, says that specifically? They just came out with this new um, kind of sales structure in the last year, and since they came out with it, none of the salespeople have signed new contracts or any new documentation other than just being given what our yearly quota is. And have you seen anything in writing that talks about being actively employed on the date the customer pays? No, they've just told us in terms of, uh, for example, if you were to sell a $300,000 deal, 100000 per year for the next three years, you get paid 10% on the 100000 year one, and then in year two, you get the 10% on the 100000 They've That's all they've told us. Is yeah, no, that's, that's not good that. enough. That, that doesn't have a, a contractual effect. So because of that, the, the, the regular rule would still apply, which is if you've earned the commission, in other words, you signed up the customer, then mm-hmm. you're going to get paid. You may not get paid till later, but... You should get paid even if you're not there at that point uh, because you've done everything you need to do to earn that commission. If there was a document that you signed and accepted and that became a term of employment saying that you'd have to be there on the day that uh, it's paid, fine. But if you didn't do that, if they, that's something they just unilaterally decided and you never formally accepted, no, that, they cannot hold you to that. And if you or your colleagues are in that situation where there's commission owing and they don't want to pay you because you're not there on the day that uh, the commission becomes owing, then you need to give me a call and I can help you get that commission. Okay, perfect. Mark, 416-216-5900 is that number. Got uh, Don here. Don, thanks for, uh, thanks for calling in this evening. What's your concern? Oh, hi, Lior. Thanks for taking my call. I enjoy your segment. Thank you. I have a quick question. Uh, my girlfriend, she's been working at a company for several years now, and about uh, one and a half years ago, she had to travel to Europe for three months for a family emergency, and she came back and resumed work with the company. Now she's gone on to mat leave, and they gave her her record of employment, and it lists her start date as when she came back from uh, when she came back from her family emergency, when she came back to the country. So my question to you is, is that a detail that matters, and will it affect her uh, employment insurance benefits in any way? So how long ago did she come back from her uh, um, uh, leave of absence? I'm going to say roughly a year, year and a half ago. Okay, so the answer is no. First of all, let, let me make it clear that actually that's wrong. They should not have done the record of employment that way. But the good news is it's, it's, uh, it's not going to matter because she's still going to get her full EI while she's on mat leave. Uh, the, the key here would be that if at some point down the road, a year, five years, ten years from now, they ever decide to let her go, 
at that point, when she gets severance, you want to make sure that her full seniority counts so it doesn't start off when she came back from the uh, uh, leave of absence. But for, for now, for the purpose of, your, uh, of her mad leave, no, it's not. Because she's been working there, according to them, for the last year, year and a half, she's already going to get her full EI entitlements, so it shouldn't be a problem. Okay, and is that a detail I should be worried about, uh, or she should be worried about getting cleared up soon, or worry about it later? If it was me, I'd get it cleared up now. Uh, the world doesn't end if, if she doesn't, but may as well address this now while it's kind of, you know, fresh and, and confirm with them you know, that that's actually a mistake. It was a leave of absence. She simply resumed her employment. She wasn't a new employee. So, yeah, I think it's a good idea to deal with this now because at some point she's going to have to deal with it. So may as well be now. Okay. Would you have time for another question? Yeah, sure. I was squeezing if it's a quick one, Don. Uh, okay, so she also, uh, when she started, she signed a, a contract agreement of, a, of employment or whatever between her employer, and I guess it has a non-compete clause in there. And okay. I'm just wondering, something you had mentioned on a previous show going back a month or so ago, um, if she had signed that contract after she started her first day, is the contract valid or no? Excellent question. The short answer is it's likely not valid unless she uh, she'd really accepted it before, but she just signed it later. If she sent an email before she started working saying, I accept, but she signed it later, it may still be enforceable. But if she didn't do that and she simply signed it after she started working, no, that agreement probably is not enforceable. That said, my best advice is this. If she's going to uh, disregard that agreement and go over for a competitor, I'd want to speak to her and see the agreement myself because we have to get that right. Uh, so, so don't disregard the agreement yet before I get to see it and, and probably give some more detailed advice, but it's probably not enforceable. Donnie, thanks for the call. That number, 416-216-5900. That's Lior's number anytime. And for everyone else wanted to call in, we'd love to hear from you right up until... 8 o'clock tonight, 870-6400, star 640 on cell is that number. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming right up on Talk Radio, AM 640. 746, Wednesday evening. Lots to get through here on the Employment Hour. Your phone calls, as always, have top priority. Scott, thanks for calling the uh, the radio station this evening. You got a question for Lior? Hey, no problem. Go ahead, Scott. Hey, call, Lior. No problem. Um, I have a question for you. I am a teacher. I've been at the same school for 13 years. Um, they've just amalgamated the two closed schools and uh, basically said they closed ours. And so had the new school being built, I don't have a job there. I'm now uh, separated between two separate schools, but they happen to be about 45 minutes and an hour away. So the question is, I look at the situation and I go, Okay, I'm happy to go work at those schools, and you know I'm excited to see how people do things differently and so on. Except I see that I'm probably taking a pay cut of somewhere in the range of three to four thousand dollars a year, just in you know gas and maintenance and things like that. But there doesn't seem to be a stipend, and I'm pretty sure you know board doesn't want to get involved or those sort of things because there's lots of people in my situation. I'm wondering, should there be? Now, I'm assuming you said teacher that uh, you're part of a union? Yes. Okay, so the, the real question is whether or not what's happening there is being permi- is permitted by the collective agreement and how does the collective agreement deal with these situations. Obviously, I, I can't answer that not having seen the collective agreement. Uh, and that's a question you have to pose to the union because, as, as we know, in unionized situations, it's only the union 
that's allowed to help you and only the union that can help you enforce your entitlements under the collective agreement. So in, in, if in a non-union environment, I can say to you and I can say to our listeners that no, an, an employer couldn't just decide to, to relocate you and you know in, in a situation where you're going to commute more, in a situation where now it's going to cost you more, you'd have recourse there. Do you have recourse in this situation? I don't know because it does come down to the terms of the collective agreement. You can't help union employees simply. And, put, right? and it's not that I can't help, John. Right. No one other than the union can right. help unionized employees. It's not just that me or any other lawyer, no one can help a unionized employee other than the union. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Mark, good evening. Good evening. Thanks for taking my call. No worries. Go ahead. Um, I'm calling for my wife. Uh, she works for a small city north of Toronto. Um, last Friday, her manager called her in and said, um, basically, you're in the wrong pay grade. Uh, we don't know what happened. Um, and then he showed her some examples and all this. We're going to have to drop your pay. And she didn't know anything about it. And she said, well, the previous manager called her in and said she's entitled to more pay. This was about two years ago. Um that they owed her some money and they owed her a whole bunch of back pay and all that and bumped her up into the next pay grade. Right. So he said, well, leave it with me. Um, he was going on holidays this week. Leave it with me and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just uh, sort of forget it for now. And she opened her pay stub today, and lo and behold, they've dropped her pay by 260 an hour. So from what to what? Uh, she was at uh, 19, I think, 50. And dropped her down to sixteen eighty eight. Mm. Right, I understand. So, so uh, and, go ahead. and she's been there nine years. Um, she's not in the union. Um, she works about forty eight hours every two weeks. So, um, I mean, it's a lot of money to lose. I don't know what recourse she has. Yeah, and you know, the the short answer is this, Mark. No, they can't actually do that. It's not legal. They can't reduce her pay, irrespective of whether or not they should have paid her this much or not. Uh, they simply can't do that. So what that means, though, the fact that they can't do that doesn't necessarily mean that there's a way to actually stop them. The only recourse here really is to treat that reduction as a constructive dismissal and I to leave and get that. severance. So if she decides that she's, she would rather leave get severance rather than continue working, and severance could be, you know, depending on, on her age and position, it's going to be eight, nine, ten months pay, I don't know, somewhere in that range, uh, then she has that option. But can we actually get them to change their mind? No. The only thing we could try is I can send them a letter saying, don't do that or we'll, or we'll treat this as a constructive dismissal. She has to decide whether she's comfortable with that. That may make them uh, change their mind. But that's really the recourse that's available here. And if she does want to pursue one of those two options, either the threat of a constructive dismissal or an actual constructive dismissal, have her give me a call. I, will, I certainly will. Thank you, Mark. 416-216-5900. What is the downside if she says, ah, okay, I'll go, I'll go with the uh, pay reduction? Well, the problem with that, well, the obvious is she's making less money. That's right. already a problem, uh, you know, and, and that hurts. But the other problem is once they've reduced her pay, she's given them the right, the right potentially to right. do it again and again. So now it's $2.60. Well, next month it could be $3.75 and then, you know, so forth and so on. You can only do the constructive dismissal once. The first time the employer does or makes a change, once they make that change and you let them make that change, you give them the right to do it again and again. And that's a very scary thought when it comes to your salary. So I, I would not recommend that. Keep that in mind. Lior's number, I'll give it to you one more time, 416-216-5900. As we go to a break, you got a few minutes to give us a call here. 
on the Employment Hour. Get, to, uh, get your shots in, your questions, your queries. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Employment Hour continues. This is Talk Radio, AM 640. Employment Hour right up till 8 o'clock tonight is where we go. You heard the number, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Might have time for another call or two. Got uh, Carol on the line. Carol, let me ask you something off the top. My yeah. uh, my call screener thing says here you were at a company for 45 years. I'm still there. Yeah, that's longer than Lior's been alive. But uh, but go <laughs> ahead. Ask your question if you'd like. Uh, sure. No, I just the last caller mentioned that thing about the constructive uh, dismissal, yep. and I thought something that related to me, but it happened so long ago. I don't know if there's something I can still do. It's like 15 years ago. They did a... a evaluation on job evaluation and they at that time I was in a manager's position in a higher level and uh, what happened was they said that because of the uh, evaluation that um, they evaluated me at a lower level and they bumped me down to assistant manager and so I didn't realize that that was is that constructive dismissal or yeah, and, and and that would have been absolutely a constructive dismissal, Carol. Uh, and, and at that yeah. time, you would have had recourse. Uh, unfortunately, because of the passage of time, yeah. there's nothing that can be done now. There would have been a, a very small window at the time, maybe a month, maybe a couple of months, uh, to do something about it. So yeah, it's a, it would have been a constructive dismissal. And if you were ever in that situation again, hopefully you won't be. Uh, now you know about it. And, and so, so same with our listeners. But that, that, that's the thing, John. You know, with uh, constructive dismissal, when an employer imposes changes, yep. you have to do something about it then. You can't really wait on that. Allie, we'll get you in uh, quickly here. What's your question? Hi, Allie. Oh, hi. Hey. Um, I was wondering if, uh, okay, I was, my company transferred me halfway across the country. And uh, I was wondering if. Yeah. Sorry, I can't do this. I'll call back. Sure. Okay, Hallie. Do that if you would. Uh, we'll wrap it up for tonight, uh, Lior. Again, we haven't touched on this yet. Severance Pay Calculator. This is a handy tool. It's a handy tool for all our listeners that uh, are in the situation where you may have lost your job or you're concerned about losing your job. Guess what? We have a tool that we've created that helps you find out exactly how much you're owed if you lose your job. So what do you do? You go to severancepaycalculator.com. Again, it's severancepaycalculator.com, and you find out exactly how much you're owed. You input your age, your position, and the length of your employment. You just pick it from a drop-down menu, and it's going to tell you as soon as that's done how many months pay you are owed. Whether you've worked there for three years or 30 years or anything in between, it works just the same. It's completely free. Very easy to use, anonymous. Everyone should use it. You can download an app and just keep that on your phone if you want uh, and, and have it there just in case. Or maybe, hey, you're sitting there and you're wondering, wait a second, I'd, I'd like to know how much severance uh, I would get if something happened. Well, again, severancepaycalculator.com. Check it out and uh, make it the first place. And tell, tell your friends. A lot of people today, John, called for their mothers or fathers or, 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 uh, or kids if you know someone that may be losing their job, tell them about the severance calculator. They deserve to know how much they're owed. It could be a party game. Sit around trying to guess how much severance someone's <laughs> going to get by using That's the right. Calculator. The one with the most severance wins something. That'd be <laughs> That's great. Right. It's, it's, it's a party game. Until the weekend, guys. Another fantastic show. You need to get a hold of Lior now that the uh, the hour is done. 416-216-5900 and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Until next time, this has been the Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM 640.